we're here from curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why a normal body temperature isn't really 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit, why Mars rovers should look for rocks that look like fettuccine, and how often you should replace your toothbrush. Let's brush off some curiosity. Ready to have your mind blown? A normal body temperature isn't really 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 37 degrees Celsius. It turns out that the old 98.6 degree rule of thumb is a result of outdated science that nobody thought to question until relatively recently. The temperature you're probably familiar with came from the 1868 publication titled The Course of Temperature in Diseases by a German physician named Karl Reinhold August Wunderlich. This book was a big deal because Wunderlich had analyzed a ridiculously massive data set to come up with the findings in it as in several million temperature records of around 25,000 patients. After he analyzed the data, he wrote this historic statement, quote, When the organism is in a normal condition, the general temperature of the body maintains itself at the physiologic point, 37 degrees Celsius or 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit, unquote. Wunderlich also concluded that the upper limit of the normal body temperature was 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit or 38 degrees Celsius, and anything above that counted as fever. Every check of a thermometer, touch of a burning forehead, and prescription of fever-reducing drugs harkens back to this 1868 book. And Wunderlich's data set was so big, nobody really questioned it until almost a century later. In a 1950 study, researchers recorded an average temperature as low as 97.8. And in 1992, researchers found an average temperature of about 98.2 degrees Fahrenheit. Those studies used smaller data sets, but then again, it's nearly impossible that Wunderlich had actually analyzed all the data he collected because he didn't have a computer. Even if he had, the principles of statistical analysis didn't make their way into general use until decades after he'd published his book. And there's no evidence that Wunderlich knew about those principles. Not to mention, he took his temperature readings before the thermometer scale was standardized, which happened about a decade after his death. We're not saying Wunderlich was a bad scientist. After all, he did establish that a fever is a symptom of a disease, not a disease itself. That's a win. We're just saying that even the most respected science still needs to be double-checked. Science is only valuable with a system of checks and balances. No result is above a second look. According to a new NASA-funded study that appeared in Astrobiology, the next missions to Mars should be on the lookout for rocks that look delicious. I'm talking about rocks that look like fettuccine pasta. And here's a fun fact. The formation of these types of rocks here on Earth is controlled by ancient bacteria that thrive in environments similar to Mars. As reported by Universe Today, this bacteria, which is known as, and I will do my best to pronounce this, Sulfura hydrogenibium yellowstonensi, or sulfuri, nice, thanks, belongs to a lineage that evolved over 2.35 billion years ago. It uses sulfur and carbon dioxide as energy sources, thrives in heat and extremely low oxygen environments, and can withstand exposure to ultraviolet light. In hot springs, the microbe assembles itself into strands and promotes the crystallization of calcium carbonate rock, more commonly known as travertine, which gives it its pasta-like appearance. The unique shape and structure are a result of the sulfuri bacteria forming into chains to prevent from being washed away. The chains allowed them to remain fixed to rock formations and absorb nutrients from the hot springs. 
This behavior makes it relatively easy to detect when conducting geological surveys and would make it easy to identify when searching for signs of life on other planets. Bruce Falk is a professor of geology and a lead researcher on the NASA study, and he collected samples from Mammoth Hot Springs in Yellowstone National Park using sterilized pasta forks, of all things, and then analyzed the microbial genomes to figure out the organism's metabolic needs. The team also examined the bacteria's rock-building capabilities and found that proteins on the bacterial surface dramatically increase how fast the calcium carbonate crystallizes in and around the strands. In fact, they figured out that these proteins cause crystallization at a rate that is one billion times faster than in any other natural environment on the planet. A little over a year from now, NASA's Mars 2020 rover will be heading to the red planet to carry on the hunt for life. According to the researcher, the rover should be on the lookout for this type of bacteria and the resulting rock formations, as they would be an easily discernible biosignature and definite evidence of the presence of alien microbes. Because everybody likes carbs, even aliens. Sure. <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> if you don't remember the last time you replaced your toothbrush, then this is something you're going to want to hear. And fair warning, you'll probably be chucking your current toothbrush before you finish listening to this podcast. If you're brushing twice a day, you're probably confident that your cleaning routine is adequate. After all, that is what dentists recommend, right? Well, it all depends on the status of your toothbrush. If your bristles start to bend, you're not cleaning effectively, according to dentist Keith Arbitman. Or worse, if your brush isn't clean, how can you expect it to clean your teeth effectively? That's why the American Dental Association recommends you should swap out your toothbrush every three to four months. If this seems a little often to you, then consider a 2015 study that was pretty gross, fair warning. It found that toothbrushes in communal bathrooms can become contaminated with fecal matter. That's right. This isn't as bad as it sounds if you're living alone, but it is trouble when that matters from someone else because it contains bacteria, viruses, or parasites that are not part of your normal flora. The most logical solution is a toothbrush cover, right? Unfortunately, a 2007 study confirms that using a cover doesn't protect a toothbrush from bacterial growth. In fact, keeping the bristles constantly moist actually encourages bacteria to flourish. Luckily, there's an easy way to protect your uncovered toothbrush from unwanted germs, and it's something you might be doing already. Just stand it upright and let it dry between uses, and you'll end up with the bacteria drying off. Combine this easy tip with a new toothbrush every three to four months, and maybe keep the toothbrush far away from the toilet. And knowing you've got your dental hygiene covered, you'll have one more reason to keep smiling. Fun fact, when I work from home, I brush my teeth like four times. Why? Because if I put something in my mouth, it gets gross. Dude. No weird. That's weird. <laughs> well, I have one more reason to keep smiling. <laughs> Before we recap what we learned today, we want to give a special shout out to some of our listeners for supporting our show. Special thanks to Gautam and Priyanka Ankum, Walt Tagrange, Maximilian Dikarev, John Friesen, and Dr. Braden Johnson for supporting our show. We really appreciate it. And what did we learn today, Ashley? Well, today we learned that the idea that your normal temperature is 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit is just outdated science. And that Mars rovers could find life by finding rocks that look like delicious Italian food. I mean, we could also just put out a plate of fettuccine and see if any aliens show up. I mean, I would show up. Close enough. And that you should replace your toothbrush every three to four months. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. Stay curious.